right, hey, what's going on? Happy Sunday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Bedfred Sportsbook. Coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discussed Saturday's Reds game and the big news about the Noel V. Marte promotion. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action and preview Sunday's series finale against the Blue Jays. But first, here's what happened on Saturday night at Great American Ballpark. Reds and Blue Jays game two of a three-game series, and it was again a scoreless game early. Nothing-nothing going into the fourth. In the top of the fourth, Brandon Williamson, Reds starting pitcher on Saturday, retired the first two batters, but then he allowed a single, a walk, a single, a single, and another single, all with two outs. Big two-out rally by the Blue Jays, and it was quickly 3-0 Toronto. But in the bottom of the fourth, the Reds responded. TJ Friedel hit a solo home run, number 11 on the season, to right field, and that cut the Blue Jays' lead to 3-1. Matt McClain then walked, and then Ellie De La Cruz hit a ball off the right field wall. McLean got an aggressive send home. The Blue Jays missed the cutoff man, and then the backup cutoff man, the ball rolled all the way into foul territory, down the third baseline, and here came Ellie De La Cruz, roaring all the way around the bases to score to tie the game at three. It was technically scored a triple and an error, but in all intents and purposes, it was an inside-the-park home run from Ellie De La Cruz. And the wild thing was, Ellie wasn't even fully sprinting out of the box because there was a base runner, Matt McLean, in front of them. Unfortunately, the top of the fifth, Brandon Williamson gave up a solo home run to Davis Schneider, just his third home run of the year. A ball just snuck over the left field wall, and that made it 4-3 Toronto. And that would actually be the final score. Despite Fernando Cruz, Alex Young, and Derek Law, they combined to throw Three and a third, no hit, scoreless innings. The Reds' bullpen has not allowed a run or a hit in this series so far. But the Reds' offense, they struggled late in this game. Reds left the bases loaded in the sixth when T.J. Friedel struck out left on left. And then in the bottom of the ninth, the Reds had another great chance. Uh, Joey Votto led off the inning with a walk on four pitches. Then Christian Encarnacion Strand singled. Looked like the Reds were in business against Blue Jays closer Jordan Romero. Tyler Stevenson then flew out. Henry Ramos struck out really rough at bat, swung at two pitches well out of the strike zone, and then Stuart Fairchild grounded out on the first pitch to end the game. Reds fall 4-3. Reds now 64-60 and on the season. Here's what David Bell had to say about the loss. Got pretty gritty there in the ninth. The... Uh... Double steal there, being aggressive with one out. Uh, I'm assuming that was called from the bench. Just a great play. You know, we we prepare before the, the series. Um, our guys have all the information. And a lot of times we just turn them loose to play the game and understand the situations. And um, you know, Avi did. I mean, that's a, a huge play. There, there's To be able to get to, to third base with less than two outs, there's so many more ways to score a run. Yeah, you know, he gets thrown out there. Um, you know, it could be looked at like a, you know, like like a tough play. But at the same time, like there's so much to gain right there. And in his first time ever in the big leagues, being on base for the tying run, 
to have the courage to, to make a play like that is uh, yeah, it's special. So it's uh, you know, I think it's a, a sign of things to come. He wanted to be in, in the game and uh, just a, a great play right there. So he went. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that was yeah, his we, choice too. Uh, our, yeah. <laughs> we, we That's pretty gutty for a nation debut. Every, exactly and. Uh, um, again, you know, we have, you know, our guys have the information they need, and, and then it's we let them let them play. You know, their instincts and um, the feel, and you know, getting a read on the pitcher and timing it up. There's a lot that goes into it, and um, absolutely, he made the play right there. Was that a good way to ease him in? I mean, you had a few situations there where you pinch it or Benson, et cetera, you let Friedel hit. He's had good numbers against lefties. What was that, in your estimation, a good way to ease him in? Sure. I mean, it, we're trying to win the game right there. He's a good base runner. He, stole, he has stolen bases um, already, um, you know, in a short period of, of time in AAA. I believe he had eight stolen bases. He knows what he's doing on the bases. He runs he runs well. So um, right there it was just about um, the speed and, you know, his instincts on the bases to try to score a run. But, yeah, you're right. Early in the game, the reason he didn't start, I mean, he had a – it's a big day, you know, travel and getting up at – uh, he may not even have gone to sleep last night. So he's going to play a lot. He's going to play a lot at third base. Uh, but tonight it was a good way to get him in there. And here's what starting pitcher Brandon Williamson had to say about his start on Saturday night. If you were to uh, self-assess your outing tonight, how, how would you label it? Um, yeah, it's like a C game. Uh, I felt like I had trouble getting um, the ball to the, uh, away from righties, the arm side. Um, you know, left a couple pitches over the plate. Uh, I didn't feel great. Uh, I still, you know, fought, gave the team a chance to win. So it was just, it was just a, you know, C game average. There in the fourth inning, uh, they had some strung together some two out base runners. Was that the sequence that, if you were able to replay it tonight, that you love to? Yeah, uh, they hit a couple good pitches. Um, uh, they certainly didn't crank them. Uh, found some holes, you know. That's 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 the game. Uh, Joey made a great catch at first to to save a lot of runs there too. Uh, Could have been worse, uh, but yeah, you know, just a little better execution in the third. You label it as a C game, but is it testament to how far you've come that, like you said, you did keep the team in the game and it was an average start in your estimation, but still kept the team in the game. Is that a testament to how far maybe you've come? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's all our job is to do is, as starters is to you know, give, the chance, give the team a chance to win. And that was kind of the best that I could do tonight was give them a chance. How tough was that out to walk to the eighth hitter in the fourth with two outs? That kind of opened the door there. Yeah, I wasn't feeling great uh, in the moment. My timing just felt a little off. Um, you know, eight hole, you're trying to go right at him. And then a lefty in the ninth spot got a hit. Um, two at bats that kind of changed the game a little bit. Uh, you know, again, that's part of the game. The Brewers won, so the Reds remain three games back in the NL Central. But the wild card race remains, well, wild. The Giants lost, the Cubs won, the Marlins got swept in a doubleheader, and the Diamondbacks swept a doubleheader against the Padres. So that means the Reds are tied with the Cubs for the final NL wildcard spot with both the Diamondbacks and Marlins just a half game behind. Reds, however, only a half game behind the Giants, who hold the second wildcard spot 
and three and a half behind the Phillies for the final wild card spot. So take the Phillies out of it. They have a little bit of a lead, three and a half games. It, for all intents and purposes, it's really the Giants, Cubs, Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Reds. So five teams pretty much fighting for two spots at least at this point. Some news on Saturday. Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer reported that Jake Fraley said that he will eventually need surgery on his toe. Fraley is going to attempt, however, to delay that surgery until the offseason and play through any pain. Mark Sheldon of MLB.com also reported Fraley began a running program on Saturday to ramp up for a quick return, and he didn't feel any pain. Fraley continuing to play through this could result in a full fracture of the toe, but he is willing to take that risk because the recovery time, at least what he was told for either surgery, should get him back by spring training 2024. So essentially, he can't really further his timeline any further out. So we will keep an eye on that. All right, here is myself and Trace Fowler, our conversation on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube with instant reaction to Saturday night's game. All right, welcome into Chatterbox Reds, a losing edition against the Toronto Blue Jays, 4-3. to three. Had every chance in the world. Every chance in the world. I don't know, Nick, what to say outside the fact these are the days that I worry about myself during having to do shows like this right now after watching that. There's some positive things to take away from tonight, but 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 overall just uh, a little disappointing, I guess, is the term to use because it felt like uh, it felt like the Blue Jays gave us a chance. They were asking us to take that. They, they were asking us to steal another one. Yeah, I mean, left the bases loaded in the seventh, you know, runners on second, third, one out. In the ninth, I mean, you can't have two better chances than that late in this game. And yeah, tough one. Thank God they won last night. That, that's how you kind of, I guess, have to stomach some of these losses. Uh, thank God they won last night. Yeah, that's why those the the, the one uh, last night is so big because you know you stole the game. Like I, that's how I felt about it. It's like uh, if you'd have told me before the series started how many games they're going to win, I'd have said probably one based off the pitching matchups. Would have never guessed in a million years. Uh, yesterday would have went the way it did, and today, to be honest with you, uh, was an was an opportunity to take another one. And, and the fact of the matter is, and uh, again, I'm trying not to overreact. Okay, I'm doing my best, but nothing is more infuriating than having to watch Henry Ramos, Stuart Fairchild, and Tyler Stevenson come up in big spots two different times in this game and have absolutely nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. Henry Ramos, again, with all due respect to him, we just got to have we got to have somebody coming up to the plate that's a little bit better than Henry Ramos two different times and and then not in and one time he gets sent up there because we're pinch hitting for Benson, which I know uh, is going to probably be a hot topic of conversation from the chat certainly, and it's going to be a topic of conversation for many people uh, in general about uh, you know when is it too early to start pinch hitting for guys because I'm telling you. The one thing that I would say about this, the splits and all of that, is this this lineup is paper thin, Nick. It's it's and then I, I tell you what, that's why Marte got called up. If we're gonna get to the bottom of this, Marte got called up because I don't think it's a situation where they're like, hey, let's go, let's see what Marte can do at the big league level. I think Nick Crawl was like, and maybe it was David Bell, I don't know who it was, but they were like, we need this kid up here because we need some help. 
this this lineup needs some help. So um, we'll get into it. I don't want to run through a, a rant right off the top of the rip. I'm more than pissed off right now. Um, more than pissed off. Good God. I mean, it's one thing, Nick. Nick, it's one thing to get out, okay? I can live with getting out. It's another thing to have an absolute piss poor at bat after piss poor at bat after piss poor at bat. I mean, if you suck, that's one thing. But these guys make it look even more than sucking. You don't swing at a pitch in the zone one time in your entire at bat when you got a guy on second and third. Hell, they handicapped it for you. You had a guy on first and second. The hell, they double stole. I wish there was an easy fix. I'm sure the Reds do, too. It's nice to hear that Jake Fraley is going to try to tough it out, but I'm also going to say this before we start. You know, I, I hope Jake Fraley is making the best decision for himself and also for the Reds. Sometimes you can think that you're being an unselfish player, um, and sometimes you can think that you're being a team guy by pushing through and playing through an injury. But if you're really hurt and you can't produce at the level that you were producing at before, before you come up and before you start playing again, then realistically, what are you doing? You're not really helping anybody. I hope that's not the case for Jake Fraley. But I'm not overly confident in that either. Um, maybe Marte will come up here and be a lightning rod and, and, and it'll all fix. But uh, I don't know. We go down the lineup and it's all the young guys that I feel confident in. It's crazy. It's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know what's funny, though? It's like, if you told us that before the year started, we can always play that game. We play. We can play that game every night when we make ourselves feel better. I guess I would have taken it, but Tyler Stevenson, man, I just don't understand. Joey Votto, he's got to be better. I'll say it again. Joey Votto's got to be better, man. He's, he's playing first base. First base is a position that you need production on the offensive side of the ball. This isn't just like, you know, oh, it's Henry Ramos and Stuart Fairchild. Those guys suck. That's why we can't score runs. We can't score runs because we don't have any consistency in this lineup. I don't know. where. What's your overall take on, on the offense? Ellie was obviously fantastic tonight. That's the only reason they even stood somewhat of a chance. But in general, Spencer Steer's got to play better. I, I don't know where we're at. I don't know what to say other than just the fact of the matter is that some of these guys have have been absent for quite some time. They're tardy. Yeah, I mean, Noelvi Marte is going to at least move some of the lineup around. Like, obviously, I would assume uh, the next time the Reds play a right-handed pitcher and there's no one getting a day off, Stuart Fairchild comes out of the lineup, they move players around. Um, Noelvi Marte is in the lineup. Uh, now, it's probably not really very fair to expect Noelvi Marte to come up and hit the ground running like everyone else. Marte didn't have as good of numbers as McLean, as Ellie, as CES in the minor leagues. Um, this is a guy with a ton of promise. This is a guy that I thought coming into the year, um, I think as I think as a higher ceiling than Matt McLean. Although every day I watch Matt McLean, I kind of go, yeah, that might be a really bad take on my part. He gives you a chance. Like he's definitely a player that's ridiculously talented. He's definitely a player that could come up and you know kind of catch lightning in a bottle and and, and at least maybe you know um, provide you some real production for a couple weeks. Uh, but I mean, as you said, I mean, there's just, you know, Jake Fraley is, is huge against right-handed pitchers. He's the best hitter on this team against right-handed pitching. And it's awesome that he's going to try to play through it. 
man, you have to hope he can come back. And that at least like, kind of gets some players out of some spots and, and makes it a little bit longer of a lineup. But it's still a lineup that's got that's going to have some holes in it no matter what. And you got to hope that the, the the pitching that's coming back and the guy that's starting tomorrow can kind of fix some of that. Yeah, but he's not going to fix it. That's what sucks. That's what sucks. And again, I'm not trying to like get too too crazy overly pessimistic on this show and negative, but I mean, let's face it. I'm I I I'll tell you what, if you want to be honest with yourself, you you say a little prayer tonight and thank God that Nick Crawl didn't trade trade anybody. He didn't trade anybody on this team to go get a starting pitcher. Could you imagine how could you imagine if we shipped off Cam Collier and maybe Cam Collier never ends up being a guy, or Jorge or Hector Rodriguez or 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 Sal uh, Stewart or any of these guys like could you and again you might sit here and make fun of those guys I'm like oh yeah they're they're in double A who cares blah 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 who cares well I mean you wanted to I'll show you who cares T J Friedel Matt McLean Ellie De La Cruz Spencer Steer Nuelve Marte we'll see how he goes Christian Carnacion Strand Will Benson that's that's what that's that's what we feel good about that's what we feel good about I look at this lineup right now Joey Votto Tyler Stevenson. When those guys come up to play right now, I got to be honest with you. Automatic out. Like the 10-year-old that comes up in Little League that's batting ninth. Now, that's a little harsh. Maybe that's a little harsh. But that's how I feel. That's how I feel. And again, Joy Votto will have a statue outside of Great American Ballpark. And I would argue maybe we shouldn't be relying on Joy Votto at all, quite frankly, at the age of almost 40. I seen Randy in the chat earlier and said, oh, well, he got on base. Yeah, he got on base. Nick Kirby would have gotten on base. No offense, Nick. Nick Kirby would have gotten on base. With those pitches that he threw to, to, to Joey Votto at the end of the game, Nick Kirby would have gotten on base. Let, let's let's be fair. Nick Kirby would have crapped his pants standing in with a 98-mile-an-hour That's fine. Nick, if you wouldn't have picked your bat off the shoulders, you'd have gotten on base. He threw four pitches outside the zone by, by, by a country mile. None of them were even close. It wasn't even, an, it wasn't even like it was a good at bat. Now, again, I'm not trying to this – is, this, is, this is Trey saying, Joey Votto, I'll go upstairs right now if you need me to and go get my Joey Votto stand shirt. I love Joey Votto. But there's a real reason as to why this team struggles. We got Henry Ramos, Stuart Fairchild, Tyler Stevenson. Those three guys coming up time and time again. They came up two different times during this baseball game with, with a huge opportunity to win. And we had, again, I'll say it out loud for everybody, we had Henry Ramos, Tyler Stevenson, and Stuart Fairchild. That's who we ran up to the plate. We're, you know, for a guy that sat up here and screamed and yelled about how, how I was so tired of hearing about Jonathan India, I, again, I'll say it out loud. We can't go that much longer without Jonathan India and Jake Fraley outside this lineup and think that this team's going to make the postseason. It's just not going to happen. And you can sit here and say that I'm overreacting. Maybe I am. I'm a little pissed off because I just had to watch the, the, the most piss poor at bats I've ever seen in my life the last two innings with an opportunity to win the game. And I mean they were piss poor. Absolutely no clue at the plate. Henry Ramos, absolutely no clue. The, 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 the bright lights were way too bright for Henry. Swinging at pitches. I mean, what the hell was he even? I mean, they, they, they weren't even close. But anyways, I digress. I guess I guess the, I get frustrated because everyone's like, oh, well, we got, we, got, we got Hunter Green coming back and we got Nick Lodolo coming back. Unless they pick up a baseball bat and they hit. I mean, it's, it's irrelevant, Nick. It is, a, it is absolutely irrelevant. Uh, I mean, but they're going to give you chances to win some of these lower scoring games, right? I mean, are they? Yeah, are sure? I would think so. I mean, more so than you know, Luke Weaver or some of the other guys you might might throw That's out it. there. That's the only one you got for me. 
I think that's uh, and that, that's well, more of a, that's s- more of an ode to the starting pitching, Nick, than anything. I'm not trying to say that it, that it's that it's you're, you're wrong. I'm just saying starting pitching has been great. It's been it's, it's gave us every chance in the world to win. But but again, okay. So when you get into like these next two weeks are brutal. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. Like this is almost do or die time. You're going to face really good pitching the next three series. You're going to face some pretty good lineups as well. Now, when you get into September, you're going to have your lineup facing a lot lesser pitchers, and you're going to have your pitchers facing lesser lineups. So that's that. That's why I, I still think you know there's room for some confidence in September. But if you're looking at this lineup and thinking, yeah, this lineup's for you know. Man, this is our shot to win a World Series. Like that's kind of ludicrous right now. Could they get hot? Sure, but th- this really is not the time for the Reds, and and it's hard to say that when you're right in the middle of a playoff race. But it's really not the time for the Reds. There's just not enough depth at the major league level right now, and, and not enough depth that could be fixed at a trade deadline or or off the waiver wire or whatever else. Um, but they still got a chance because of the schedule in September. They're still going to have a chance. I think it's still going to be fun. I think it probably will still come down towards at least the last couple weeks of the season. And uh, that's pretty exciting for me, at least. I, I'm not trying to to downplay what this season has been and what the, what, what the opportunity that these young guys have provided us to experience. It's been unbelievable. However... The thing that's most disappointing is that the things that you thought you had, you don't have. I don't know how long we're going to hold on to Tyler Stevenson for. I really don't. I mean, it's it it, it reminds me of Eugenio Suarez a few years ago, where it's like, I, uh, you know, I mean, you know what you know what the line of thinking is, and I'm not saying it's maybe a bad line of thinking, but sometimes I guess I am saying it's a bad line of thinking. I think sometimes after five months, you are who you are. You are who you are, especially if you haven't played like ten years in the big leagues. Everybody keeps telling me how great the Padres are. Yeah, they're, they're great. Uh, they suck. Okay, let me say it again. The Padres suck. You know why I know they suck? Because they're like six games below 500. It's August 19th. We're at a position now where we've, we, we're, 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 we're two weeks late in telling somebody that we're going to be somewhere and we're still not there. At some point, maybe they'll show up, but I'm not expecting him to show up. I don't think Tyler Stevenson's going to show up. I'd like to see Luke Maley play every day. Just play every day. And you know what? If Luke Maley sucks, then he sucks. I apologize in advance. But I'm so tired of seeing just first pitch, first pitch roll over to shortstop ground balls, weekly hit. And you know what? You can say, well, you got a hit tonight. Yeah, you got a hit. You got a CNI ground ball through, through the left side. If it was a, a half a foot to the right, it would have been another double play. But that's here nor there. And I know that's just one guy, and I'm all pissed off. But I, I just, again, can't believe we're in a position where – the the pitching staff has done what they've done and 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 we've not taken advantage of it. I guess that's where I'm I'm most frustrated because if you'd have told me Nick that the pitching staff was going to throw this well since the All Star break, I would have believed we were winning the division. I would have thought we were winning the division by multiple games. Instead, we're not. So that's here nor there. But uh, but your overall thoughts, I guess, if you want to finish uh, finish this up with the offense, if anything, and then we'll get into obviously Brandon Williamson because I got something to say about him. Yeah, I, I would like to see more Luke Maley. I mean, I think you got to be careful you don't run this guy into the ground. You know, as a guy that hasn't played a lot of, of full 162-game seasons, he's never been an everyday starting catcher. Um, you don't want to wear him down and, and, and then have two useless catchers, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I again, I do think that he should be number one on your depth chart. I think there's no 
really question or debate about that right now based on on uh on what we've seen but uh yeah, just you had to hope Noel Martin kind of catch lightning in a bottle and kind of make this lineup a little bit longer. Excited to see the lineup tomorrow. Fairchild matches lefties. Right or wrong, can we stop like every single time that there is a late game matchup, make it life or death if it's the right call or wrong call? Like these matchups are only going to succeed 30, 35% of the time, right? So I, I, I just. Man, that that's what's just like so frustrating to watch and react to is you're facing these these teams best pitchers at the end of the game. Like these aren't really set up for success. They're going to fail more often than not. Either way, if Will Benson's hits, Will Benson if if Will Benson is as great as everyone thinks he can be against left-handed pitching, he's going to succeed 30 to 35% of the time. If Henry Ramos is as good as he as the numbers suggest he might be, he's going to succeed 30 to 35% of the time. So these single individual results it's a terrible way to evaluate this on a night-to-night basis. I understand that logic. I would just explain to you exactly what the what, what the frustrating part is, Nick. In a, in a nutshell, I'm going to give you an analogy of all analogies here. Okay, if you're if you're a Seattle uh, Seahawk fan, okay, and you're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, do you think that you could go to bed at night feeling like you know what it is what it is? We got beat. If you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch three times in a row and you get stuffed at the goal time goal line three times in a row because you got beat with what arguably be with one with somebody that you at least believe in somebody that you think you might actually see within a next year that's part of it you want to go to bed tonight I'd rather see Will Benson strike out personally than have to watch Henry Ramos and not no offense to Henry he came up here and he and he provided a maybe a little bit of a spark earlier this year right but I think that's where the frustration comes from some of this fan base is that if we're going to make that move, let's make the move make make 100% sense then. If we're going to actually pinch hit a guy later in the game, let's make sure that that it is somebody that we know for sure is going to be a better option. I'm not saying Henry Ramos is, is, is not a... Let me say this again. I'm not saying Henry Ramos isn't a little bit better option than Benson, but do you think he's a significant better option? I don't know. Do you want the stats or not? Yeah, like, no, I do. I, of, I genuinely I'm do. I'm sick of bringing the stats because they just get crushed. All right. No, so no, I, I think it's fair. Let's look at let's look at let's look at what both players did at AAA this year. Because that is that a pretty fair way to evaluate Will Benson and Henry Ramos? Because that's our biggest sample. All right. Ramos hit 371 with an OPS over a thousand against left-handed pitching at AAA. Will Benson hit 133 with a 666 OPS against left-handed pitching. Will Benson is 4 for 27 in his big league career against left-handed pitching. So again, if you want to find out in the middle of a pennant race, I'm honestly at this point, go ahead. Go for it. I'm sick of arguing this every night because there's literally facts and logic that clearly say that they should be the better option. So what's Henry Henry Ramos? Because it doesn't... No. Let's let's no okay. Like let's play this. I I'm gonna be as realistic as I can about what you just said, and I'm gonna give you a, a a very fair thought back. I think I'm giving a fair thought, and God honest truth, Nick. If you don't think it's a fair thought, I want you to yell right back at the screen at me, and we'll have we'll we'll figure this out. How much of a sample size 
is it until we think these numbers are actually fair? I don't know how many at-bats you're using as your leverage right now. I'd also say that Will Benson earlier this year, he also, if you're going to use AAA stats as a, as a measurement and say it's a full thing, he's not the same player. He's not the same player. He went down to AAA. He struggled in AAA mightily for weeks. Got Finally got hot. Came back to the big leagues. When he got back to the big leagues, he's been a completely different player. Completely different player. So if we're going to use splits, I'd like to know what his splits are since he got back to the big leagues. And you know what? You could say to me, hey, the splits still stink. Then I come back to you and I say, okay, well, that's fine. How many at-bats are we talking? Because you know what I would never argue you about? I would never tell you that Jake Fraley, based off of what I've already seen, should not get pinch hit for. And Joey Votto should not get pinch hit for. Will Benson is a guy that can, that again, when I watch his at bats, I know for a fact, like it or not, Henry Ramos, the pitches he swung at tonight, I would be shocked. In fact, I would be willing to bet the ranch he doesn't swing at those pitches tonight. Now, again, I'm not downplaying the logic. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears to this. I think what you bring to the table is very fair and very logical. I'm just asking the question of what is the actual sample size and is that a realistic enough of a, of a sample size, Nick, in your opinion, to make a decision that you think you have such a huge advantage that early in the game when you know that spot probably might come up again to pinch hit for him in that spot? Well, I would rather my manager typically be aggressive in like the seventh inning when the game's on the line because uh, you're facing a lesser pitcher at that point. Uh, when, when did Ramos come up the first? When did... When was Ramos pinch hit for? What what was the? I mean, you're trailing in the game, so you you need a run, right? Uh, Ramos came up. There's two outs. I mean, so there's that. That's that's it. Or there was one out. He he almost grounded it into a double play. Yeah, he did. Uh, ground but into again, double play I mean, and shout out shout but, out uh, Bouchette for botching that. Yeah, I mean, if it's the fifth, I think it's a totally different conversation. Was you know, hey, I might have two more shots for Benson. But, but am I really going to risk one shot? Maybe that might be in the ninth. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't think Henry Ramos is the answer. That's what I want to make clear here. I don't think right. Henry Ramos is, is the answer. I just think that Will Benson also isn't the answer. Okay. I, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of data. I mean, Will Benson hasn't hit lefties at every stop in the minors and he hit righties. So again, if you, I, that's where I just get, so confused is if guys haven't hit lefties in the minors, why the hell are they going to hit lefties in the majors? Yeah, I, I get the lot. I get I get the theory behind it all, and I don't think anyone is is, is it. listen. There's a couple comments here that I wanted to defend analytics a little bit. Some people said, uh, "What was the comment?" Says the reason this team hasn't won is because of analytics. It's not. Listen, this team has won. First of all, second of all, I would argue that that um, that some of the analytical data that 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 you're able to use to find out what metrics are, are, you know, reasonable to understand. You can't be one way or the other. Okay. That's all I'm getting at. I, I, I see some comments in here about anti-analytics, anti-analytics as the, I guess the guy that slides a little bit more towards the eye test instead of analytics. I'm here to tell you, I don't think this is like, Oh my gosh, you can't automatically use, you, you can't use analytics at all ever. Of course you do. Of course you do. I guess I'm just in a position where if I'm sitting in that dugout tonight, I don't know. It's hard for me to think and imagine in a world where, again, a guy as young as Will Benson and is seeing the ball as well as he's been seeing the ball isn't at least, an, isn't at least given the opportunity for one more at bat 
instead of Ramos. Now, again, to your point, Nick, Henry Ramos, even if he's the better option, right? Out of 1,000 at-bats, he's only going to get 40 more hits, right? Maybe 50 more hits than Will Benson would in that spot. Um, so just because it was the right move doesn't mean it's going to automatically work is what you've been arguing, and that's more, that's more than fair. That's more than fair. And let's, let's also not forget, Will Benson was pinch hit for on Sunday, and Stuart Fairchild hit a game-tying double against the lefty. So, like, this has worked in the recent. And it, it, that was a huge win for the Reds. They were trailing in the game. And you went to your your better matchup, and it won the game then. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't I know about it. Henry I, Ramos, fair. though. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit that's here and where, be like, That's where I think I'm, people are pissed. I'm, I love Henry Ramos. I'm a Henry Ramos guy. I, 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 he, that was an ugly at-bat in the ninth inning. But the, the good thing is, is Marte should make some of these moves a little a little bit less frequent because the next time it's Stuart Fairchild pinch hitting for Will Benson, which I know everyone hates Stuart Fairchild too. I have no idea why. Uh, he's had a really nice year and helped this team a lot, but at least it's Fairchild over over Ramos, which I, I think is – I definitely feel much more comfortable <laughs> defending Stuart Fairchild against lefties than Henry Ramos against lefties. Yeah, I mean, if we want to be uh, honest with ourselves, chat, and we want to be realistic with, with 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 where we're at. What Nick said earlier in the show is actually the facts. That's the truth. This team's early. They're 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 young. They're ahead of schedule, and the depth on this team sucks. The depth on this team is absolutely atrocious. It is. It's 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 god awful. I mean, we're, we're, let's let's it's, think let's think through this for just a second here, okay? Like if we're gonna be honest with ourselves. A lot of people in the chat and a lot of people in Reds fandom, they want to hate on guys like Stuart Fairchild, right? Like, oh, I hate Stuart Fairchild. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. You know, Kevin Newman sucks. He sucks. He sucks. Sinzel sucks. He sucks. He sucks. Tyler Stevenson sucks. All these guys. Here's the thing, though. If we played, and I say we, if the Reds were really good, right? Let's fast forward in two years. A lot of these guys probably aren't even on the team or a guy like Stuart Fairchild as a defensive replacement at best in the late innings, and he gives guys an off day every so often. So it's almost like the actual real problem is we don't have enough guys that play well enough and don't have drastic splits one way or the other to where David Bell doesn't have to do this game, doesn't have to play this game. I mean, that's the real, that's the real root of somewhat of the problem here. So, I mean, I know we might not want to yeah. admit that, Nick, but that's where we're at. This team's young, and they're they're probably not the team that we all wish they were. All right, and they're not uh, they're not really meant to withstand Fraley and India out right now. That's just it's no. too much right now with with the death. But you have to hope they can find a way. Yeah, I'm Brad said all those guys do suck. That's that's my point. <laughs> if we were a good baseball team, I don't think we're talking about those guys on a, on a on a nightly basis. Do you think if those guys got shipped to, shipped to Tampa Bay, do you think they'd be talking about them in Tampa Bay? If they got shipped to Los Angeles, do you think they'd be talking about them in Los Angeles? Shipped to Baltimore? No, they wouldn't be playing. So that just shows you and tells you a, a little bit of what you need to know about where we're at in the depth of this franchise right now. All right, Brandon Williamson's a guy that I want to discuss here for, for uh, at least a short period of time. I think at this point, I know the other day I heard somebody say out loud, he's going to be the odd man out next next spring training, this, that, and the other. I'm telling you, man, Brandon Williamson is starting to feel himself. 
He's starting to. You know what he reminds me of? You know, I'm a Georgia fan. He and again, this is a little. This is maybe a little too high a praise for Brandon Williamson. He's reminding me a little bit of like of like Stetson Bennett a little bit. And I know that's a bad analogy oh. for some people, but that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of a guy that was never supposed to be good. He gets thrown in the mix and he starts he starts performing. And you, and then and then people are like, wait a minute, is he good or is he not good? And then he, he might have one bad outing, and then everybody's right back off the train. Oh, Brandon Williamson sucks, right? He throws in the rain, and next thing you know, he's he's tweeting at old Charlie, and everybody's like, oh, this guy, he's bad. He should be back in AAA. And the next thing you know, he just keeps on performing, keeps on performing. I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Brandon Williamson 100% is not going to be in the rotation next year. I think that's crazy. That's ludicrous to say. This guy's done nothing but get better and better and better every start. He really has. Now, I know you might say his line tonight was, wasn't great, but in general, Brandon Williamson has been fantastic. I think he was good tonight. I, I, mean, I think that the, the line might be a little bit deceiving. The five and two-thirds inning, nine hits. He only allowed five hard-hit balls. And the thing that just sticks out to me when I look at his, his, his stat line that continues to just be so impressive with our expectations coming in, one walk, six strikeouts. I mean, that that to me, it's just I, I can't believe he continues to do this. Uh yeah, I mean, he absolutely deserves a chance as a starter. Um, assuming everyone's healthy, it's going to be crowded, which, you know, I said a couple shows ago, that's a great problem to have. That's yeah. the problem that, that that every good team has is they have to either uh, move one or two of their starters to the bullpen, which, oh my gosh, wow, we have starting caliber pitchers in, in relief roles. That'll make our bullpen better, or we move them down as, as triple a depth. I don't know where Williamson falls in that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're just, if we're just being honest, I mean, we, we feel it's hard to see him being ahead of uh, green Lodolo Abbott or Ashcraft. So that's one spot. Um, and then Connor Phillips is probably more talented than Williamson. Although Connor Phillips, uh, we'll talk about him in a minute, had another rough start tonight. And I think you see why he's not up here. But yeah, I mean, there, there. He, he definitely. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone else too. Who else am I missing? That that's in the the rotation conversation. Well, uh, th- we also think they should. I think they should bring in a veteran starter as well. If they bring in a veteran starter next year, Williamson would be the sixth guy. But almost every year, one of your starting pitchers just doesn't make it to the opening day roster. So he, by default, probably finds a way to get in. I mean, that's something that we can worry about for another day. But I guess my point is, is when people just automatically assume that he's not going to make the rotation because they're just like, oh, well, we got X, 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 X. I'm like, well, wait a minute here. I mean, this guy, this guy, you could say is thrown just as good as, you know, some of these three and four guys we're talking about here. Um, he's left handed. That's that's a plus. Um I'd be I, again, I, would I be shocked if he wasn't in the rotation next year? Of course, I wouldn't be shocked. But I'm just saying, he looks like he's getting better, and there's more and more confidence that, that that's evolving here. And the scariest thing that can happen for some guys is, is that when they actually believe that they belong somewhere, the growth that they're able to take is massive, right? The mental hurdle that some guys can get over and get so much better is because of all mental. Like I've said before, uh, again, harking back to Tyler Stevenson a little bit, I think some of that is just a physical ability. I don't think he can get a lot better. When you're 26 years old, it's really it's harder to get better at baseball from a physical standpoint. 
you are who you are. You, you, know, you, you can only swing and go to the cage and, 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 and long toss and do all those things so many times, and, and it is what you are. It's, it's your God-given ability, and that's that. But mentally, if you're able to kind of overcome some kind of demon, if you want to call it that, then at that point, you become a whole new level guy. Um, Boyle is a guy that comes to mind for that, right? Like He's a guy that has all the talent in the world, Nick, but... And I know he's not in the organization anymore, but my point is, is like if he were to get over this mental hurdle, you could argue he could make the biggest leap of anybody. But the mental side of things is sometimes the the flakiest thing that there is. So um, I think Brandon Williamson, I guess what I'm getting at, has a mental switch that's happened at some point during this year when he went from thinking, will I ever make the big leagues? Will I ever make the big leagues? To I made the big leagues, and oh my gosh, I think I belong here. I think I can actually get guys out at this level. And I think he's there. And it wouldn't shock me if he keeps getting better and better and better because of that. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but I definitely believe in Brandon Williams. I, I think that he's a guy that, that that can get outs. And if worst case scenario, I guess if he has, ends up being a middle reliever, then, you know, I mean, that's not the worst thing that this team's ever had to do. And or depth at the starting pitching position because we've already realized we need that anyways. All right. I don't know if you want to do anything. The bullpen's excellent as always. It's, it, might as well just, like, can we just get like a, um, a sound bite that just says the bullpen was awesome. The bullpen was awesome because that's just they the did it again. They, they did it again. It seems like we gloss over them every day. I tried to give them a little bit of love on the show yesterday, but again, come in. They didn't give up any runs. I don't think did they? No nope. runs. No hits again. No, no hits, hits again. Second that they, they have not given up a hit to the Blue Jays. Uh, this cool. It was different guys tonight too. Fernando Cruz, Alex Young, Derek Law. Yeah. Um, how about yeah. Derek Law? Striking out three batters tonight. Yeah, did you? Derek Law got fired up a little bit tonight. Did you see that chat? Did you yeah. see that? He did. He got fired up. I, I like that out of Derek Law. I don't think I've seen that kind of emotion out of Derek Law yet this year. So kudos to Derek Law. And um, the last thing I want to say is I know I was absolutely pissed off at the end of this game just because I had to see what I seen. But one thing I just seen was like, yeah, we could have made some. We, this this team. Well, what did I? I'm paraphrasing here, but it was the, it was mentioned in the chat that hey. At the deadline, we knew this team was probably going to get ran down. They're young. We, we, we probably needed to go out and get some reinforcements. Here's the thing. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? I know since we're all in Cincinnati. It reminds me of the injuries that happened to the offensive line to the Bengals. At some point, you just put your hand up and you say, well, you, you can't do nothing about this. Like You, 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 you can't bank and, 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 and expect India and Fraley to go down and know, be like, oh, we got to go and make sure that we have somebody ready for that. Well, Everybody was yelling about starting pitching at the deadline. And now people, and I'm going to say, and I don't think there's that many realistic people, but now to sit here and think that they should have done something about hitting? I mean, what? Do you just want a whole new team? I mean, at some point, it, you are who you are. You, you got the team you got. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. It, it is wild how it is just, the, it's been like this this pendulum just swinging back and forth because all offseason it was like, man, this team really needs some offense. And they went outside Will Myers. A lot of right. people like that. I like that. Didn't right. work out. Um, but that was the thought all offseason. And then in the first month of the season, the offense was awful. Pitching was doing their part. It was like they still didn't get enough hitting. And then you call all these these kids up, and then the pitching completely flowers. It's like, oh, my gosh, we got a great lineup one through nine, but we have no one that can pitch. And now I think you're probably going to get to a point, knock on wood, that, that Hunter Green comes back tomorrow and he's effective. Uh, Nick Lodolo is able to get back up and the pitch is going to be great. But now your lineup's just, man, you're really having to, to mix and match and try to squeeze right. every little piece you can out of it. It's just 
it, it, it's a good reminder of how difficult it is over a 162 game season to, to continue to field a, a a good team that 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 has that depth and a good reminder that what we feel right now probably not going to feel again in two weeks uh it, it yeah. might swing back we, we we might be into the last week of september and the lineup might be just all cooking everyone's hot and some of these starters all wear down that could happen too so yeah i'm with you i mean it, it's frustrating that's the only way to say it it's frustrating uh because you feel like this team um every time you think they have something they need to fix they fix it and then 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 the other start then the other side of the the house starts to fall apart a little bit. So, um, but again, as a reminder, this team's still in the thick of it. They stole a baseball game yesterday, which gave us the the ability to to kind of yeah give one away is not the right term I'd like to use. I don't think we gave one way away tonight. I just think we let an opportunity slip away. I think there's a difference. Um, all right, Marte called up. Nick, you've said this from the start. You said this when we first got onto like spaces before the year started. You said this during spring training. You said this during opening day. You said this basically anytime anybody would listen to you. The plan all along was Noel V. Marte was going to play third base. Ellie De La Cruz was going to play shortstop. Matt McClain was going to play second base. And lo and behold, here we go. Uh, it's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, that's exciting. That's uh, it's exciting that that all three of those guys progressed to this point. Now, will Noel V. Marte come up and hit the ground running? I honestly, I have no idea. I have... It, it is any it is my best guess if Marte will come up and look great or Marte will come up and completely struggle because I could really see it going either way with him. He's an incredibly talented player, um, but he has when he when he's got promoted, kind of like Ellie De La Cruz. He's had some slow starts. He did it last year when he got traded. He started slow with Dayton, um, started slow down at Chattanooga. Now a lot of that might have been the sticky ball, that kind of stuff, um, and then um, Louisville actually kind of hit the ground running there. But nonetheless, I, you know I, I think it's great that 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 we have all three. This is the future. I believe in these guys long-term, uh, how they're going to perform over the next six weeks. I, I don't know, but it's exciting to have that and get a glimpse into what the, the future really is. Cause these are the guys. And, and again, this will make everyone happy. The more of these guys you have up less platoon spots you have. Yeah. And the one thing I want to say is like, and I, and I know this is call me a loser. Say it's a loser's mentality. But the fact that these guys are going to experience a little bit of a playoff kind of atmosphere, pressure, uh, whatever you want to call it, pennant race together, whether whether it falls off the rails and they don't play well and they, they end up sputtering and, and, and don't make the postseason by a multitude of games or they get hot and or they play just well enough to get in the postseason, um, at least they're going to get this experience. At least we get to get, kind of get a chance to see what we have going into the next year. And... That's all we could have ever asked for before this year started, which I get it. Any of you don't care about that. Any of you are like, oh, well, you know, expectations have changed, blah, blah, blah. I understand that logic, but at the same time, it's like in order to build something special, you got to be somewhat realistic of what you're watching. I mean, you look at this lineup. I'd ask you, chat, if you look at this lineup, do you think for one second when you read the names off there that we should be like, expecting for sure that this team's going to play well enough to get into the postseason? I mean, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. It's, it's kind of crazy talk. Could it, could it happen? I think it could happen, Nick. But at the same time, it's, it's amazing how mature it feels like a lot of these rookies are. 
I mean, we're, we're basically, that's all we are. The whole damn lineup, like I said before, feels like it's just rookie-led. And I know people in the chat are mad at me about what I said about Votto, but, I mean, what 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 did I say that was so bad about Votto? I, I think I'm just being honest. I love Joey Votto, but, like, I'll tell you this right now. If the Reds go out and they sign a, a first baseman next year and he produces the same way Joey Votto has, I'll tell you right now the city of Cincinnati is going to be out for his kid show. But... Am I wrong, Nick? I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that you need to slander uh, Joey, and I'm not trying to slander him. I'm just saying, like in general terms, Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson are the only two guys I would say right now that have been a little disappointing over the past three weeks and a month. Yeah, if, if Votto could continue to ha- to have the power that he has, then yeah, I mean, he he probably um, he, he's been productive overall. His overall numbers look good. I mean, his overall numbers. I mean. Look fine, I guess. Maybe is the better way of saying. Yeah, I mean, it. what's good? Um, but, but again, like so, you know, you can cut you can cut it in different in different ways. If you cut it and you start at his like start points of when he hit two home runs in a game, you can really make his. Joey Votto is a guy that you can make his numbers look really good this year. You make him look really bad, and that's why honestly, I kind of have a difficult time figuring it out because it, it just it it's such a weird profile. But I mean, if you take it after just like his fifth game back, after um, he had the two home runs against the Braves and in the the game that I call the second best moment in, in Cincinnati sports this year, uh, the twelfth straight win. So if you just take it from the day after that, uh, coming in today, he had a ninety-five weighted runs created plus, and that's uh, one hundred and sixty-five plate appearances. So since that game, I mean, he has been a below-average hitter. I, I don't know if this power can keep up. Do you have any idea if this power keep up? I have no idea. Well, of course, nobody really knows. I, I just, I, I'm looking at everything from an all star break and on standpoint. I'm looking at it like it's two different seasons. I, I think, you know, I mean, Joey Votto got off to a great start. He also had, he had one hell of a series in Milwaukee. And again, I know you can't cherry pick stats and you can't be like, oh, you, you, we don't want to use the games he was hot. And then you could argue on the other side, we don't want to, you, you can't just use the games that he was hot. I don't know. I'm just saying in general terms, he's a first baseman. Um, and I'd like my first baseman to be consistent enough to be able to produce offensively more so than what I feel like he's been. But you know what? That's, that, that's part of it. And that's what I have to live with. Because at the end of the day, Joey Votto's deserve the opportunity to play. Um, and I guess that's part of where I have this weird catch-22. You're, you're in a playoff race. I don't know who plays in front of him. I'll be honest. It's not like there's a better option right now. So yeah, I guess, that, I'm, just, the... I guess I'm just complaining because I'm frustrated because I, 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 I look at guys like Matt McClain and I think to myself, you know, why can't we just have eight more of them? <laughs> so, which I know you can't, but I just want consistent players, man. I'm so tired of, uh, I guess it's more or less a, a little blast from the past, but, and, and I love Jay Bruce, but it's just like, I'm so tired of having the Jay Bruce type players. I am like, yeah, you can be the offensive player of the month for one month. And then you go cold for two months. And at the end of the year, you're like, well, I mean, all, when you average it all out, Nick, it looks all right. And it's like, well, damn, I mean, it just, it's it's tough to watch for two months and then one month it's unbelievable, which I I don't know how you fix that, but that's how I feel about this Reds offense right now. It's like we got a bunch of guys that are streaky outside of maybe two guys in the lineup. Yeah, I mean that's the most important point here is that 
like even that 95 weighted runs creator plus that is talked about Reds don't really have anyone else that that against right-handed pitching is going to produce like that right now um and that's not a good like long-term solution like you need your first base to be better than that uh but right now he's the best option we just have to hope uh, that the power can 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 stay up because if the power can 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 hang on uh he can continue to be a productive player it's just uh either the power has to stay up or the average has to just drastically climb and i don't think i see the average drastically climbing uh based on 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 what i've saw so far but Vado deserves not even an ounce of criticism for what he's done this year the right. fact that he's playing is a absolute miracle and most guys wouldn't have come back so i don't i don't want this to ever feel like it's in any way criticism of joey Votto because he doesn't deserve a shred of it it's right. just we're trying to say what's best for the cincinnati reds in a playoff race right now joey Votto is but it's more by default than by what his actual production has been overall. Right. I guess I'm trying to paint a picture as to why this offense is struggling. And I look at the lineup, and the first two names that come to mind right now over the past three weeks, Stevenson and Envato, and I don't know if that's fair or not because that's just what my eyes are telling me. I, I mean, someone could call me out on, on chat and call me out on Twitter and say that you're wrong, Travis. Ellie, Ellie before Ellie's been struggling. Today. Ellie's been struggling. But the only reason I, this is where I guess I just need to shut up because I'm 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 playing I'm playing out both sides of my mouth a little bit. But it's just like the reason I give I give Elliot I, I give Elliot a pass is because those other two guys that I talked about they can't steal bags. They're not elite defensive guys. They're they're not going to be able to just magically hit a ball off the wall and turn it into an inside the park home run. So I give I give Ellie a little bit of a credence. Like I give him a little bit of a pass. And I understand one's 21 years old, the other one's 39. I should be realistic when I think through these things. So I understand that too. Um, Marte, I don't and know that, if we talked about that, him long enough, but but I I don't want to well, gloss it, over that. That let me right into Marte. That's yeah. another factor of what makes Noel V Marte valuable is it's it's more than just hitting. Uh, you saw him steal third base in his first career uh, time on the bases. I mean, the guts to do that and to do it and be successful, he got a great jump. So he's an athlete; he can steal some bases. I think eventually he's going to be a great defensive player at third base. Right now, he has had a lot of errors at, at, at AAA. Um, he's got all the tools to be a, a plus defender at third base. But you're going to be able to see some of those other things that he can bring, more so than than some of the other guys that the Reds have been putting into some of these spots. Um, he has the potential to be a bona fide all-around player, which is just um, really exciting for the future. But I, I don't know. I guess we should probably talk about the way he was used tonight. Um I, I mean, I, I guess I understand. Like, let's let's paint the picture of why David Bell did this, and I'm assuming you would agree on this. Yep. David Bell and, and Bryce Balding pointed it out really well. Uh, he was still in the game at like 10 p.m. on Friday night in Iowa and I guess flew out here, so God only knows what time he got in, all that. I think it made sense not to put him in the starting lineup for 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 all of those reasons. Um, obviously, it would have been great to see Novi Marte pinch it for Henry Ramos or for Stuart Fairchild in the ninth. But I'm guessing David Bell just said, I don't want to put this guy in his first at-bat into that spot. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like on the fence, like, yeah, you're trying to win games, but I also like get what David Bell's doing. I don't know. What's your thoughts? I, I don't know if I'm like overly dramatic about it either way, to be honest with you. I think that it's one of those situations where if I had, if I, if, 
If I if it was me, I'd have stuck him in there and gave him a chance to have one of the most all time <laughs> greatest moments of his life. You know, I mean, if he gets out, you tell him, hey, so what, man? We'll get him tomorrow. No big deal. You know what I'm saying? And I also, when you add that on top of the fact that I think he was probably your best option, then I then, then I definitely would have done it. You know what I'm saying? It's it, but I get the I get the other side of it. I get the other side of it. It's like, hey, this kid just came in. You weren't expecting to use him. You want to start him fresh tomorrow. Give him his first big league at bat when he's got a little bit of a little bit of more comfortability, if you want to call it that. Maybe some time to sleep. He he did say in the pregame interviews that he has literally not slept at all. So I I get all that. But I mean, he ran. It ain't like that was no pressure. Stole a bag. Not like that was no pressure. So, I don't know. I mean, he, he came into the game. It's not like he was down there sleeping in the clubhouse getting all the rest in the world. So, I, I would have... Uh, I'm not going to kill David Bell one way or the other on that. I really don't. I don't think I care enough to. I don't think it's that big of a deal to. I know some people might make a big deal about it, but it just comes down to the fact that at some point, somebody's got to make a play. Spencer Steers had an opportunity tonight as well to get, a, to get another big hit. Yeah, that big hit's coming, I hope, for Spencer Steer here soon. He's had opportunities. He's not He's not come through yet. Um, let's face it. Spencer Steer had a couple opportunities. Stevenson had an opportunity. Henry Ramos had an opportunity. Stuart Fairchild had an opportunity. If any of those guys come through in the clutch, we're, we're not talking about this. So, um, I'm excited to watch Marte play, though. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at with... I, I think I probably would have thrown him in if it was my decision, but... I'm not going to throw a chair or anything because it's very defensible with all the the information that we have, but he'll sure. be in there tomorrow and I can't wait to see him. And there are one, one point on Marte uh, yeah. since everyone splits continues to be like a huge conversation. Very encouraging thing on Noel Marte. He has like no splits last several years in the minors. He's been almost identical versus right-handed pitchers versus left-handed pitchers. So he's not like Spencer Steer and Matt McClain where a lot of the values against lefties, he's going to hit both. Um, um, good. Now I don't think he's going to hit both either, either side. Great right now. Uh, but, right. but he's, he has pretty even splits. So it's not like, uh, against right-handed pitching, he's going to be significantly worse than against left-handed pitching. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Saturday. The Louisville bats at AAA, they lost seven, five to Iowa, uh, bats now 62 and 55 on the season. It was a rough start for Connor Phillips. Only made it an inning in two-thirds. Gave up four hits, four earned runs. Walked four batters, just one strikeout. Phillips really struggled with his command. Only 26 of his 53 pitches were strikes. So, if you're wondering why Connor Phillips has yet to get called up, he's just had a few of these starts like this where uh, things have gone off the rails early and he hasn't been able to recover. TJ Antone. Another uh, inning in, of his rehab assignment through a scoreless inning. One hit, one walk, did strike out two batters. Uh, new red, Chasen Sharif. He struck out the only batter that he faced. Uh, Casey Legomina, he uh, threw an inning in a third. Gave up two runs, one walk, two strikeouts. And Nixon Zell and Jose Barrero were 0 for 5 on Saturday night. Better news down at Double A, Chattanooga. They won 6-3 over Birmingham. Lookouts now 10 games over 500 at 61 and 51. Uh, Julian Aguilar, another strong start. Five innings pitch, two runs, no walks, six strikeouts. Resigns had a huge night. Two for four, hit his 20th home run of the season. Also had a triple. Blake Dunn was one for five. And then Jose Torres, he homered uh, for a second straight day. He was three for four in the day. Sixth home run of the year for the Lookouts. Down to high A, the Dayton Dragons, they won 7-1 to over Fort Wayne. 
The Dragons now two and a half back in the Midwest League East second half race as they are pretty much the only Reds team fighting for a playoff spot. Lookouts already clinched, of course, the first half title, so they'll be in the playoffs as well. Chase Petty was fantastic for Dayton once again. Four shutout innings, just allowed three hits, no walks, two strikeouts. Petty now has a 2.09 ERA through 15 games started for Dayton. Edwin Arroyo, another good night, 2-for-5 with a double. South Stewart was 0-for-4 but did walk. And then the two catchers uh, had big nights for Dayton, uh, one at DH, one at catcher. Kate Hunter, 3-for-5, hit his 14th home run of the year between Daytona and Dayton. He also doubled. And Matt Nelson, not to be outdone, he hit two home runs, 2-for-4 two in the night. He's got 18 home runs on the season. And then the Daytona Tortugas, they won 11-5 over Tampa. Hector Rodriguez hit his 16th home run of the year, and it was an estimated 434 feet. Victor Costa, 2-for-3 with a double and a walk. Cam Collier was 1-for-4. And then out in the Arizona Complex League, Justin Dunn uh, made his second appearance. He was only on two days rest. Uh, Dunn, inning in the third, one hit, one run, one walk, three strikeouts. As Dunn tries to come back, obviously looking like for a bullpen spot. All right, Reds and Blue Jays series finale, the rubber matchup on Sunday. It'll be at 1.40 p.m. on Bally Sports Ohio. It'll be Hunter Green against uh, Hinjin Ryu. Um, Hunter Green has a 3.93 ERA over 14 starts of the season. Uh, but if you remember, before he went on the IL, he was really rolling last four starts had an ERA of 2.31. Uh, Hunter Green in his three rehab starts, an ERA of an even three to over 12 innings pitch, seven walks, 12 strikeouts. So a little bit of struggles with command at time. We'll see if he's able to dial it up when he comes back to the show on Sunday. His only start of his career against the Blue Jays was last year, and it was great. Six innings pitched, only allowed one run. That one run was a solo home run to Bo Bichette. And then Hinjin Ryu, he's coming back off Tommy John surgery. He's only made three starts so far this year, but his last two starts have been really good. No runs in nine innings pitched through 86 pitches in his last start. Ryu has a career 3.23 ERA in eight starts against the Reds, through six shutout innings against the Reds last year, but the only current Reds that have faced Ryu, Votto, five for seven with a home run, T.J. Friedel, 1-for-2 with a double. And then Tyler Stevenson is 0-for-3. Well, thanks so much for joining us for Chatterbox Reds. If I could just ask one quick favor of you, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That stuff really helps it. So just take two seconds, pull up the, your uh, app, hit the five stars, leave us a kind review. We would really, really appreciate it. Well, I hope that you have a fantastic Sunday. Myself and Trace Fowler will be live on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube, a little after 4 p.m. in the ninth inning. Hope that you will join us for that. Of course, Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. Top right corner, hit the bell, turn on notifications so you're always notified whenever we go live. And of course, if you miss the live show, we will have a podcast ready for you early Monday morning, as we always do, as we are the only Cincinnati Red podcast with new episodes after every single game. Have a great Sunday. Go Reds.